Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white. Tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hey, guys. Whoa, there was a bubble in my throat. Hey! No, it is again. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Spermcast. I just got back from North Carolina, and boy, oh, boy, did I have a great time. Great family, delicious food every night, ice cream every night, heartburn every night, exercise every day sort of in the morning sometimes, and lots and lots of chilling and reading on the beach. Now here's the real news. It's Tuesday morning and I'm nowhere near finished with this episode. Yikes! What am I doing? Okay, I better get started. If there are any new listeners out there, I strongly encourage you to go back to the beginning and listen from the very first episode because we're on a journey and it's fun. But if you don't have time, here's what you need to know. Molly Hockey, actor, writer, comedian, 39, almost 40, like so close to 40, like just a month and a half away from 40. Single, life not exactly the way I planned, wanna have a baby, window closing, gotta find a sperm donor, fast! I've met a bunch of fabulous men, but a few have risen to the top. First, there's Brandon, who I interviewed in January. The problem is I haven't really talked to him about it since January. And then there's Andy, who gave me a 7 out of 10. But Amanda is convinced that he would never actually do it. And I just talked to him the other day. He hasn't even listened to the episode. And then there's Alex, who gave me a 9.9 out of 10, but has since disappeared from the rock climbing gym and hasn't returned my last three texts. And then there's a random vial of sperm, which is looking very nice right about now. I've explored sperm donation from the male perspective and discovered that men have a biological clock too. I've learned that surrogacy is intense and beautiful and probably not the best option for me unless I have a baby of my own first. But beyond all of that, I have been on an emotional roller coaster. We're two and a half months in now and in that short time I've gone from total optimism and strongly desiring a baby to not wanting a baby at all to maybe just wanting to be a surrogate to wanting a baby again but this time being filled with fear and doubt because I've come to realize that having a baby alone is not only scary it's expensive and if I don't get my shit together on my own I'm not going to be able to make any of this happen. Now, is this emotional roller coaster rational? I'd say absolutely, because the act of doing this podcast has unearthed deep, deep, deep desires and fears that I've been suppressing for half my life. And it turns out emotional upheavals aren't pleasant. But to top it all off, while on this emotional roller coaster, I experienced the loss of a pet, and it hurt, and it still does hurt every day. In fact, all of this stuff together has made me one fucked up podcast host. Gosh, remember when I was so fun and fancy free way back in the beginning? Those were the days. I was like a kid in a candy shop. And then I ate way too much candy and I got a tummy ache and then I vomited all over my shirt. And now here I am back at square one wanting a baby. But, you know, with this with this vomit on my shirt reminding me to stay grounded in the reality of this situation. Okay, so now that all of you listeners are all caught up and on the same page, I have a new detail to give you. And that is that I had a panic attack 
on Saturday, right before boarding my plane to take me back to L.A. Now, if you've never had a panic attack, this probably doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but I haven't had a panic attack since I was 24 years old. And now, suddenly, it's happening again? I thought at the moment that if I got on that plane, I wouldn't be able to breathe. My throat got tight, my blood went cold, I felt like I had to have diarrhea, my hands were shaking, my whole body was shaking, my heart was racing, my thoughts were racing. I thought, what if I can never fly again? How am I going to get back to LA? If I get on that plane and the panic gets worse, what will I do? I was terrified. Luckily, my mom knew I hadn't been feeling myself lately, so she armed me with a few Ativan, which are basically like Valium, uh, to have as a safety blanket. I popped one immediately, and after about 30 to 45 minutes of intense anxiety, phone calls to my parents and one of my brothers, uh, a lot of crying, I started to feel better, and I was able to get on that plane and get back home. Now, what about the panic attack? Was that rational? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean it came out of nowhere and that doesn't mean that there were no reasons for it. Because on top of all this other stuff that I've been dealing with, uh, I've just come to realize that I have some post-traumatic stress surrounding an event that happened with Benny on a plane back in December when he had a very a violent seizure and it was an, it was a nightmare. And it turns out his death was no walk in the park either. It wasn't peaceful. It was very sudden and and... I'm not going to go into it. It was just pretty traumatic. Okay, so that's where I'm at. Except this week, I'm really going to find that therapist. For so many reasons, but also to begin to deal with that trauma. And I'll start all of that as soon as I get this episode done. Have you guys ever heard of the term SMC? Well, I hadn't. Not until a couple weeks ago. It means single mother by choice. And it turns out, you're never going to believe this, if you look up SMC online, you will be shocked to discover that I am not the first woman in history to decide to have a baby on her own. I know. Weird. There are tons and tons of support groups and blogs all about it. And all the answers to all the questions that I've been pondering this whole time are answered in all of these blogs. But do you think I'm going to sit around and read a blog? No thank you. Lucky for me, I found a resource sleeping right under the same roof as me in North Carolina. Her name is Linda Schumann, and she's my... Half-sister-in-law by marriage. Wait. No, you're not. Nothing. I'm nothing. You're not. I'm really nothing. (laughs) You're the sister of my half-sister-in-law. Yes. And that makes us... Friends. (laughs) we're beach buddies buddies. it turns out that linda my friend my beach buddy sister of my half sister-in-law is actually a single mother by choice and i never knew it back in the 90s linda decided that she was done waiting around for the perfect family to just fall into her lap okay you decided to be a single mother that's true when you were how old I decided I wanted to be a mother when I was really young, just like you, when I heard on your podcast. Uh-huh. And you keep putting the date, okay, if I haven't had a kid by the time I'm 32, 35. And yeah. you keep pushing the date later and later. And finally, it was, if I'm going to do it, I better hurry up and do something. And what age was that for you? 38. 38. Maybe 37. 30. I had Mitchell when I was 38, so. Wow. Okay, and so were you, so what you ended up doing was, tell us what I you I was in a relationship with okay. someone who had no desire to have any kids. He had two kids by a previous encounter and said he made great kids and he was more than happy to be the father. But he didn't want to be a father. He was more than happy to help me become a mother. So he was just willing to give it away like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
No fair. He, he knew that I really wanted to be a mother, and yeah. if I was willing to be a single mother, he was fine with it. So you didn't live with each other? Not when I got pregnant, no. Wow. Okay, and so, so okay, well, I'm guessing you guys did it the natural way, not the turkey-based way. We did it the natural way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know you guys know all about the natural way, and I know I have mentioned all the other ways, the uh, IVF, IUI, ICI, the turkey-baster method, uh, but my mom says that I need to give a refresher course on all of these things. So let me just do that real quick. Okay, so the female body begins producing egg cells in utero at just nine weeks. By the time the fetus is five months old, it will have created seven million eggs, but most of those eggs will die before the time the baby's born. At birth, females have about one to two million immature eggs in them. By the time she hits puberty, that number is already down to 300,000 eggs. By the time she hits 37, she'll have about 25,000 eggs left. And by the time we're 40, it's like a thousand or something. Oh well, now onto the sperm. An average fertile male will produce 500 billion sperm in his lifetime. That's 1,500 per second. Each time a male ejaculates, he's shooting off 300 million little swimmers. Sexy. Okay, now let's talk about sex. When a male ejaculates during intercourse, the semen is deposited in the vagina. Then the sperm makes a beeline for the egg. They make their way all the way through the cervix and through the uterus to find the mature egg in the fallopian tube, most of the time. Then they attack. But Mrs. Egg isn't just an innocent bystander. Oh no, she has a choice too. She's selecting her favorite one. Once the winning sperm gets his little head inside, then the egg puts up a force field and says no more to any of the other sperm. Then, here's something I didn't know. All of the DNA in a sperm is all in the head, so as soon as the head gets inside the egg, the sperm sheds its tail. It doesn't need it anymore. Then, the egg is fertilized. Sort of, I guess. This is the part where I can't really give you any scientific details, but you know, there's some cell division and then you've got an embryo. The embryo finds its way to the uterus and implants itself into the wall and ba-bam, you're pregnant. Now, if you can't do it the natural way, then here are your options. The least expensive way is the turkey baster method, or intracervical insemination, or ICI. Basically, you get your little syringe, you put some fresh sperm in it, and then you, you know, gently squeeze the semen out of the syringe as close as you can get to the cervix. Your goal is to gently coat it. Then it says to slowly remove the syringe and lie on your back for a half hour. It also says you should try and have an orgasm. And it suggests using a vibrator. So far, this method seems pretty fun. Sadly, the conception rate for this is basically the same or less than sex. And at my age, that's 5%. The next option is IUI, or intrauterine insemination. I'm pretty sure you can't do this one at home because the doctor needs to insert a thin catheter through your cervix and up into the uterus so that it can squirt out all the sperm into the uterus. Also, in order to do this procedure, the sperm needs to be washed, meaning the semen and any other natural fluid surrounding it is washed away. Apparently, if you inject unwashed semen into the uterus, you can go into anaphylactic shock. IUI can be done with or without fertility treatments. The average cost of IUI in the United States is about $900 if you don't use hormones and if you BYOS, bring your own sperm. And your last option is IVF, or in vitro fertilization. This process is a gnarly one. Basically, you harvest a bunch of eggs, you get some fresh sperm, you mix it all up in a Petri dish and hope you get some embryos. Then you send those embryos off to the lab to see if any of them are viable. You take the good ones, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three in some cases, and you put them up inside the uterus and hope that one of them sticks. Here's the scary part. 
For women over 40, the success rate of IVF is only 13 to 18%. And the cost of IVF is $12,000 per round, not including fertility treatments, which can be between two and $5,000. Okay, I'm done with your lesson. Now your homework is to go and have sex and make some babies because all this shit is too much. Now let's get back to Linda. So it was 95 and you were pregnant on your own. Uh, what was it like at night being alone <laughs> and pregnant? Did you, part of me thinks that like I'm going to be, like I want to be a single mom and I want to be pregnant. Oh, what all, all this wonderful stuff. But part of me worries that I will um, be feeling sorry for myself um, lying there alone without a man to appreciate my fun body and <laughs> I was just happy that I finally had done it and yeah. I was going to do what I always wanted to do so yeah. I finally had done it and it was happening so no I wasn't feeling sorry for myself I yeah. was like glad that you know it was still an adventure ahead I didn't know how it turned out but no I wasn't feeling sorry for myself cool 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 and you were a doc you are a doctor yeah and you were then too yes you were already done with residency and all that stuff already working yeah so did you work all throughout your whole pregnancy absolutely yes mm -hmm. so there's the difference between you and me <laughs> the one difference there's only one <laughs> uh, is that you have had and have a stable job I figured there were people with lots less resources, yeah. um, you know, in every way. I mean, emotionally, financially, socially, and they managed to do it somehow. And I figured I would find a way. And yeah. I figured you'll find a way. When yeah. the time comes, when you have to, you'll find a way. Yeah, I also, I feel like it would just sort of really focus me up and just put me on a path. Not, I don't know, watch The Bachelorette or <laughs> go to that barbecue or whatever having waited as long as I waited to have a kid, one thing that I'll say is when I had him, I didn't care about going out with my friends, going yeah. to see the latest movie, you know, travel, like been there, done that. Yeah. Ti not tired of it, but it, it didn't have any allure. So the only thing I wanted was to have a kid. So like all of my wishes and desires were all in sitting there staring at my newborn and yeah. watching every little yeah. twitch and move. So you had Mitchell, and then um, how long was it until you had Rachel? I started, I wanted them to be two and a half years apart, and they were three and a half years apart. Okay, and is that because you started trying and it wasn't working as well, as easily? Um, I actually got pregnant two other times oh, before yes. her. Um, before her but they didn't stay and how long how many weeks pregnant were you do you remember early early mm -hmm. I don't remember how many weeks early enough that it was in the usual time where things aren't gonna happen they're not gonna happen yeah you know I don't know if I have any dude listeners they may not know about this stuff but as you we get older the eggs they don't they're not as viable sometimes and sometimes we have miscarriages because the eggs may have increased chance of having some kind of a genetic malformation a something that's not a viable baby yeah and hey gentlemen not to say that you're not as smart as the women but we are we just know this stuff <laughs> because we think about being pregnant more than you do um so sometimes our body will think say um oh this embryo is not going to do well or may have some genetic mutation chromosomal abnormality right uh so it aborts naturally that's right it's nature's way of 
you know, trying to get the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and so then you got pregnant with Rachel when you were how old? 41? 41, yes. And, and this, what do you call, um, what do you call the father of, you call him by his name, but what do you, what do you, you have the kids? Dad. They call him dad. They call him dad. They call him dad. Uh Okay. Um, did you guys do any paperwork, sign any paperwork beforehand or was it just casual? We did not. One of my friends who didn't know who the father was said, yeah. oh, you know, they knew I was going to be a single parent by choice yeah. and said, oh, you better have all the legal paperwork yeah. and everything. But I knew that I was in a much better place yeah. psychologically, financially, in every way to raise these kids alone and the father would not had he ever challenged it, would never have been granted gotcha. custody. Gotcha. And I had the belief that he never would have fought me yeah. for it as well, that he truly knew that this was my dream and he would not have tried to take it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, let's talk about me for a second. Okay. The vial of sperm. Yes. You heard about that. I did hear about that. Okay. What do you think about this vial of sperm. Everybody's, everybody in the family is telling me to go for it or that I should at least pay for storage. <laughs> what do you think? Well, essentially, I think what I heard, because I didn't hear all the details, was what? you have a donor who was pretty much like mine, who says, I'm willing to share this. Mm-hmm. I make good kids. Mm-hmm. There's nothing the matter with it. It's sort of like that. There's, it's actually a woman who had a couple kids from one donor. And she has a leftover vial from her procedures. Yes. Um, so essentially it's the same because whoever gave that vial to the woman has said, you can have it for to reach your mm-hmm. goals and your dreams. The woman who had the kids already says, makes great kids. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's the same except that it's not a live human being. It's sitting in a test tube. <laughs> Seriously, you guys, some of you called me, some of you told me in person that I would be a crazy person if I didn't take that vial of sperm. For instance, here's my family talking about it on the beach in North Carolina, and forgive me, there's a lot of wind, but it's funny, so who cares? Guaranteeing you like an athlete or something? Yeah, premium. Premium? Premium grade. Organic, grass-fed. Primo sperm. Free range. Free range. (laughs) And that's when I got a text from Kathleen, the woman who was offering me the sperm. She says, hey, I need to make a decision about that vial. And here's what my mom said. You're saying you want to pay for it? I'm saying I will pay for it. I will freeze those babies. Those sperms? Those baby sperms. I will pay for those sperms. For... I don't think anybody can hear you. Can you say it louder? I will pay for that vial. Vial of what? In perpetuity. Vial of what? Vial of sperm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I responded to Kathleen and I told her my mother would love to freeze it for a year. And that's where we're at right now. Kathleen's going to call her doctor tomorrow to make sure everything's hunky-dory and legal in case I decide to use the vial down the road. And it is washed sperm, so I'd have to get intrauterine insemination, IUI, which you all know everything about now. And that's it. Thanks, Mom. And, and, And this person has no claim 
to your child when it's born. So there isn't yeah. any legal issues with Well, this with fella you is completely anonymous. And right. he, um, with sperm banks, you can opt to let the children know who you That's are when true. they're 18. That's true. But he decided no on that. Okay. So the kids would never know who that donor was. If I, the kid, I, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have more than one. But, yes. um, uh-huh. um, so these are some, some, some cons. Okay. The, ano- the anonymity. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then if I wanted to have a, a sibling for my baby at some point, it wouldn't be a whole sibling; it would be a half sibling because I'd right. have to find another donor. Right. But that's like not a big deal. Um, and the other con would be that I'm like financially and <laughs> I'm not ready for it in that way. And I and I do need to get some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say, just given where you are right now, yeah, there may not be a sibling. Right, right, right. So that that argument isn't as important for you right now. It's a matter of whether you're going to do it once. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the anonymity with the kids? Don't you think it is great that your kids actually know who their dad is? I do. I do. Do I think my kids would have been messed up or less good had they not known? No, I don't think they would have. I think they still would have been well-adjusted, fine kids. I think they. it's nice that they know who their dad is. It's kind of fun. Some people say, oh, that trait, you must have got that from your dad. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, any trait that you don't like that your kid has, you can say that must be from the donor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Just blame everything <laughs> on Just him. blame all the bad traits on the donor and all the good traits on you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. It's a good vial of sperm. All right. Then, it's tr- it's a it's a proven one. It's proven good. Yeah, it's there proven. are like at least seven kids from this guy. Because I've heard you have some anxieties over what about this, what about this, what about this, what about, and you can't control for everything. Right. But I think that if there's already a couple of kids with this donor, you already have some proof that it's better than someone who would just be a donor who hasn't tried. Right. And you know that I'm a carrier of cystic fibrosis. That would be important to find out. Can you tell us what cystic fibrosis is? I'm not an expert, but I know that it's a genetic thing where the mucus gets very thick. It clogs up the lungs. All mucus on your, your, like everywhere mucus exists on your body? I know that they have frequently GI, stomach, intestinal problems. And it's it's mainly the breathing thing, which I think is their ultimate demise. They get, you know, bronchitis, pneumonia. They need to do chest physical therapy, breathing treatments. It's a... It's a lung disease that I probably would screen for. Like I said, you can screen for everything under the right. sun, but cystic fibrosis is probably worth screening for. But if the donor is not a carrier, then there's no chance no of my chance. child having it. No chance. Um, that's nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk to Rachel and Mitchell. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Okay, let's get them in here. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Linda. Do you have Good anything luck. else do you want to say? Good luck. <laughs> There's never a good time. You just have to decide to do it. And yeah. and, and the longer I wait, the, the harder it's going to be. Possibly. Yeah. If, if you're going to be in the exact same situation a year from now that you are now, why not now? Right. <sighs> That's I the mean, question. Well, am where I? you are, well, yes, where you are in your life, it's always like, am I going to meet Mr. Wonderful? tomorrow next week next month and you always hope that you'll meet mr wonderful and then you'll have the whole package you'll have the you know the husband the the whole family but at some point you have to say that's not in my future so i'll just 
do what I can to make myself happy. I can't count on anybody else. Yeah. I think I, at some point I need to explain to my listeners about why I'm why my financial situation is, is so... I feel like it's unstable. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Guys, maybe I'll tell you in a, in a cutaway. <laughs> Hi. Are you ready for this? I'm just going to explain something really quickly. So acting is my chosen career, but I don't get paid to do it very often. Still, I live every day thinking it could happen tomorrow, it could happen tomorrow, and it really, really could. I could make a ton of money on a network commercial, I could uh, book a series regular on a hit TV show, I, I could book an amazing voiceover gig that pays my bills for years. Any of this stuff could happen at any time, but until it does, I survive on the income I make from headshot photography. Now, I'm a really, really good headshot photographer. I've been doing it for 13 years. I work right out of my house, and the lighting on my back porch is perfection. Many, many people know who I am. Agents refer me all the time. But the thing is, thanks to the development of affordable, high-quality digital cameras, the market is flooded with thousands of amateur photographers offering headshots for $100. So, business is slow. But I also make my money another way, a secret way, a way I haven't mentioned on the podcast before. Are you excited? It's really juicy stuff. (gasps) Okay, I Airbnb half of the house that I've been living in for 12 years. I know, I know, exciting. I clean toilets, I make beds, I do a lot of laundry, a lot of laundry. But I actually kind of love it as a job being a host. Anyway, the point is I haven't mentioned any of this on the podcast because I never got permission from my landlord. Right now, the Airbnb is basically paying my rent, which has allowed me to relax on the headshot business so that I can have time to make this podcast. Great, right? The problem is this though, since I don't have permission to run an Airbnb out of my house, my landlords can kick me out at any time. And there's more to it. My actual landlord, well, she passed away at over 100 years old recently, and the family immediately sent over an appraiser. So now I'm not only worried that I'm going to get kicked out because I have an Airbnb, but I'm also worried that they're going to sell the house. I feel like I'm living in limbo. And if I have to move, I'll have nowhere to take my beautiful headshots and I'll have no more income from the Airbnb. So in conclusion, I'm fucked, right? I mean, I have no stability. I might not even have a home. Since I can't live in limbo forever, I know what I need to do. I need to reinvest in my headshot photography business and 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 I need to tell my landlord's family about the Airbnb and tell them that I'm having a baby soon. And if they say get the fuck out, then at least I know and I can take some actionable steps towards a more stable lifestyle. You guys are never going to believe this. I have to cut away from my cutaway to tell you some breaking news. I just got a knock on the door. It's my new property manager and she was inspecting my house unannounced. Oh my God. You might not know this about me, but I am a terrible, terrible liar. And when she knocked on the door, I had guests in the Airbnb. I opened the door. I've never met this woman before and she told me who she was And I immediately told her, I have an Airbnb. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Oh, man, I was shaking. I was sweating. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't lie. The good news is she was pretty cool. Uh, The bad news is I can't have an Airbnb anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Uh, so, uh, there you go. The Band-Aid has been ripped off. I am going to write an email to my landlord's family, um, this week and see if they can make an exception for me. If not, I'm moving on, uh, and I'll figure out what my next step is, but, um, I'm no longer in limbo, you guys, so there you go. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, let's cut back to North Carolina so I can move on and figure out what I'm doing with the rest of my life. Uh, I got to have a great quick conversation with Mitchell and Rachel, uh, Linda's kids, and get their perspective on what it was like growing up with a single mother by choice. Um, okay, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. What are your names? Mitchell. <laughs> Rachel Schumann. Good, how old are you? I forget. Uh, 22. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm 18, almost 19. I thought you were 19. No, I'll be 19 in a month. Okay, cool. July 20th. Oh, that's right, that's right. I knew that. Cool. So you guys are the child of a single mother by choice. Yes. Right? Right. When did your mom tell you that her relationship with your dad was not the same as most people? Honestly, things kind of changed like two months ago. What? Okay, not really. So I had always thought of my parents as like, basically married but my dad kind of lived further away and then four I knew they weren't married but I thought they were still basically kind of dating and then maybe four years ago I found out my dad had married somebody else (gasps) and so that was like oh okay so I guess him and my mom aren't really like a couple you never asked no I kind of assumed but part of me was like I didn't really care to know like I knew what I knew I was comfortable my life was fine it was good and then about two months ago, they were like, okay, yeah, so we're kind of, they're still going to see each other, but it's a little more like they're friends. And they've always had a pleasant relationship, so it's always been fine. And Mitchell, what, what, how about you? Um, it was kind of more just, she never really said anything specifically, just I kind of noticed, hey, my dad's not here. Um, so it was, it was more just, I, I lived with it and noticed it more yeah. than she specifically mentioning anything. Yeah, it wasn't like an actual conversation that she had to have with you to say like, hey, just so you guys know, this is this is how you came about. Not really. If we ever asked any questions, they'd tell us honestly, but I never really asked. It was how it was. I could gather things. I asked a few questions here and there, but hmm. she never sat us, or at least me, she never sat me down and was like, this is how it is. Just yeah. Wow. I'm not revealing things, though. She, you guys know everything that I know. Yeah. I don't know anything weird. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. So, yeah, how would you describe your dad's presence in your life, then? Um, it's good. He's around for a lot of the major holidays. We see him maybe every other month. Uh, probably talk on the phone once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good relationship. Uh, I mean, we know he loves us, and... Yeah, he's around, like my brother said, major holidays, about every other month for, I'd say, a little less than a week. It's good. We talk on the phone. He makes sure he's there for us. As you know, I'm looking 
for a sperm donor and if I sometimes I think that the, the donor could be like a fun uncle <laughs> do, would you, do you feel like your dad was more you wouldn't describe him as a fun uncle do you feel like he's your dad in yes and no um, I mean obviously we know that he's our dad but at the same time we see him about as much as we see Uncle Bill yeah. less than we see Uncle Eric so some in some ways the relationship is similar to a fun uncle <laughs> is he fun? He, he's definitely he's he's funky that's for sure <laughs> I'm definitely glad he's in our lives because he's our dad you know know where yeah. he came from it's what we're used to I think if your child sees the donor father every so often that'd be cool it helped them maybe know like oh this is half me this is cool I know what he's like but I think if they don't they'd probably be alright as well and yeah. if it was like a fun uncle I think won't mess the kid up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I want to know, because you're 18, I'm kind of curious about what you what you want in your future. I think, Mitchell, I can dismiss you. Okay, you go, Mitch. All right. Can you see if, if Ellie and Peyton are up there? Yes. You want both of them? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Mitchell. No problem. Okay. I have lots of, have lots of opinions on my future family. <laughs> you do? Yeah. So you know what you want? Okay, tell me, do you want kids? I want a big family. Okay. As you can see, on vacation right now, lots of cousins. I've always loved it. Yeah. My mom came from a big family. She clearly wanted kids. That's why she did the whole single mother by choice thing. Uh -huh. And I'm the same way. I definitely want kids. I would very much like to have a guy in my life. I think it would be easier, less lonely. Obviously, everybody wants one. But I'm quite confident that if I do not have one, I would do the same path as my mother, possibly as you, yeah. and go single mother. Yeah. But I want a lot of kids, love a loud house, love yeah. being with my family. Do you ever get scared? Do you feel, yeah, like, because there's no way to know what's going to happen later on. Mm -hmm. My mom, okay, so right now, being 18, going through college, I've always said it's kind of important to me to make money because if I end up being a single mother, like my mom, I want to be able to support myself and my kids. So that's something. And my mom's always like, well, you're not going to be. Ideally, you'll have a husband. Ideally... You'll co-parent, you'll have another source of income. But in my head, I've always thought, I think very, very highly of my mother. And I'm like, if she's this great woman and she didn't have a guy, there's a very good chance I won't either. But I'm not that worried. I do think I'll end up with somebody, but it is probably in my mind more than other people's, but yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay, so now we've been joined by Peyton and Ellie. I almost forgot your name, Ellie. <laughs> These are some of my nieces. Uh, Peyton, how old are you? I'm 13. <laughs> Love it. And how old are you, Ellie? I'm 16. 13, 16, and 18. This is very cool. I'm just curious. I just asked Rachel if she wants to have kids or knows she wants a family or anything like that. Peyton, would you tell me what you want? I don't want kids. Um, like, I don't, I feel like kids to me are a lot of responsibility and I don't really want it right now. Yeah. Right now? What about in the future? Can I ask question? <laughs> you don't want kids at 13? Well, no. Like, right now, like, in my head, I don't really want kids, like, when I grow up. Yeah. Because I, like, I feel like I can do, be doing a lot more things, like, and more efficiently. Yeah. Ellie, how about you? I do want kids very much. <laughs> um, probably because, um, like... I've just I've grown up with like siblings and a big family mm -hmm. and I guess it's 
it's never crossed my mind that I don't want to have kids. I've always just, that's always been, um, like, in my head, in my mind, yeah. Do you, and do you worry, has it ever crossed your mind that, oh my gosh, what if I get to that age where I can't, where the window is closing? Does that ever scare you? Or do you ever think about that? Um, I don't think about that too often, but I guess it has crossed my mind. Like, what if for some reason I wasn't able to have kids? Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a scary thought, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but overall I wouldn't say that it's come into my mind that much. Now, while Ellie was talking, Peyton reached into her pocket and got her phone. I thought she was being a regular teenager and just retreating into her phone, but it turned out she was looking up a list that we had put together while we were driving down to North Carolina. Peyton, yeah, can you read them out loud for us? As loud as you, not as loud as you can, but. So so when we were on the road trip and um, we were bored, we looked at baby names and like the thousand list of baby names. So here's what we, here's what Molly liked. Avery, Rose, Rosalie, Skylar, George, Josephine, Ray, Eliza, Prospect, James. I did not say I like Prospect, and I'm doubting a lot of these right now, but keep going. Adrian, Hudson, Maverick. I didn't say that one. Rocky, Aiko, Sunny, Phoebe, Miller, Zeus, Oliver, Ruby, Gertie, Andrew, William, Evangeline, Nash, Jolene, Will, and Osiris. I don't like any of those names. You, you, did, you, you loved all of them. I those. think that I like Nash for some reason. You like Nash still? Didn't I like that in, in the car? But I, a picked, lot of the, I just put Maverick. Yeah, a lot of those were not mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nana, no. liked, Nana liked all those. Yeah. Um, very cool, you guys. Well, what do you think? Would you think I'd be a good um, mother? Yes. <laughs> I think on this trip, you've been very, where's Peyton? Is Peyton okay? Is she in the water? And it's just like, she's going to be a great mom. <laughs> yeah, she's very, she's very like nurturing and caring and stuff. So I think she'll be really good at being a mom. Aw, thank you. Um, Ellie, say something nice. <laughs> say something no, nice. I think you'd be an awesome mom, and you're just like super funny and just like cool. So you'd be like the cool mom, but like also like they said you have like a very like caring like uh, side and yeah. Cool, and also really pretty. Okay, I think that was good enough. Guys, want anything else you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> Anything, Peyton? You got to look say on your something face. from the whole single mother perspective. I'm super, super close to my mom. She's hands down my best friend, favorite person. We don't really argue. We don't really. She never punishes me really, and I don't know if that's because she's a single parent, but I definitely think that might contribute it to it. And I wouldn't change how things are. I'm happy. I think she's happy. I think things are great, and I think you shouldn't worry. It'll be great. Yeah. I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. Good. Thanks, Rach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's let them watch their um, game. Thank you, guys. I love you. Love you, too. Okay, now it's Tuesday afternoon, and I'm still not done, and there's a leaf blower outside, and I have a new Airbnb guest coming in a couple hours, so I really just need to wrap this up and, and put it to bed. So, goodbye, you guys. <laughs> 
What did we learn from this episode? I have no idea. I just know that I, I have a lot going on and I'm working through it and you'll hear from me next week. I'll do an interview with some random sperm donor potential guy and uh, that'll be it. So, you know the rest of the story. Email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Call me at 323-741-1818. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at spermcast. And, oh, Patreon, if you want to give me some money and, and help me keep this podcast alive that would be incredibly appreciated i do have some new patreon subscribers i want to give a shout out to hang on okay big huge thank you to clara morris katie out and marshall seligman mark dowling and and that's it we are now up to 95 dollars, you guys <laughs> isn't that cute where were we last week wait wasn't it over 100 uh-oh Am I wrong? <laughs> Maybe I was wrong last week. Oh, okay, I see. Yep, I was wrong last week. <laughs> I was looking at what I had been paid out totally. Okay, so now we're at $98, you guys. Or 95 Fuck, what did I even say? I don't even remember. It's too hot in my office. I got to end this podcast, you guys. Just know you don't have to worry about me. When I talk to you next week, I will have a therapist. I'm going to be okay. No more panic attacks. I'm on the road to recovery. I know what I need to do. And uh, I just need to figure out my living situation now. Okay. Well, much to do. Talk to you soon. Bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black to white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need This episode of Spermcast was brought to you by Hockey Photos. That's right, you guys. I finally got a sponsor, and it's me. Are you an actor living in Southern California? Are you frustrated because you can't get any auditions? Then stop what you're doing right now and go get new headshots at Hockey Photos. Headshots that are bursting with personality and color. But wait, that's not all. Are you a pregnant woman? Then don't you dare have that baby without getting maternity photos. Your body has never looked more beautiful. You need to capture it in a beautiful photo. And don't stop there. You're going to need newborn photos when your baby's born. Look no further. World-renowned photographer Molly Hockey is your one-stop shop for all maternity and newborn photo needs. Ever heard of Ann Gettys? Well, so has Molly. Go to HockeyPhotos.com and enter promo code SPERM at checkout to get your 10% discount. Just kidding, you guys. There's no checkout section on my website, but I promise... I will give you a discount if you are a subscriber to Spermcast. Oh gosh, I forgot to tell the audience. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Ooh, there's so much to think about in every episode. Goodbye. Hockey, hockey, photos, hockey, 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 photos, 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 hockey, photos, hey. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.